Kevch, the editor-in-chief of Skiff Meetings. And this episode of the Skiff Meetings podcast, I get to sit down with Alex Reynolds, the co-founder and CEO of Vendelux, to explore the intricacies of event planning, marketing, and the impact of technology on the events industry. We start off by exploring Alex's personal journey and how his experiences in management consulting and building a new business unit at Shutterstock led to the creation of Vendelux. Then we talk about the transformative power of events in professional networking and career progression. And we highlight how key encounters at events have led to significant partnerships and opportunities. We discuss how the Vendelux platform works and how it helps companies in a pre-event planning period identify the best events to attend and sponsor. Then we explore the ongoing challenges in measuring the true value and impact of events. Finally, we delve into Alex's future vision for the events industry, which is all about how data-driven decision-making can revolutionize the way companies view and invest in events. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. And don't forget to check out the other episodes of the Skiff Meetings podcast. And now for a word from our sponsors. PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Skiff Meetings podcast. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Alex Reynolds, the co-founder and CEO at Vendelux. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So Alex, wanted to ask you first to introduce yourself. I think this is always a good place to start. Um, but particularly, I wanted to ask you about your relationship with the events industry, kind of where you first kind of came in contact with events, you know, business events, that kind of thing, and how that led to where you are today. Absolutely. So fr from an early age, I would say that building and maintaining connections and relationships has been something that's been very important to me. Uh, you know, my parents were uh, married several times. So I moved around quite a bit. And so it was all about, you know, how do I maintain those relationships with previous friends? How do I build new relationships and how do I bridge uh, those gaps? And so that's something that's been very central to my life and then also to my career. Uh, so I uh, started post undergrad as a consultant uh, in management consulting. You know, every six months or so, you're changing teams. You're you're working with new people on new uh, challenges, and then from there, spent about a decade in strategic partnerships, right? Trying to build connectivity between different businesses, finding win-win relationships. And then before starting Vendelux, uh, I was at Shutterstock, where I ended up building a, a brand new business unit. Uh, within within the company. And so, you know, I'd say that events have been very central to kind of every shift that I've made in my career where, you know, I've gone to an event, a networking event, I've met somebody, there's been a connection that has kind of led to that next step in the journey. And specifically at, at Shutterstock and kind of building that startup, that business within a public company, 
uh, that, that was kind of the aha moment for me around events where we said, hey, like we're trying to build something from nothing. And when we went to great events, uh, you know, we would build all kinds of new partnerships and new relationships. Uh, so, you know, in 2018, we went to the MarTech West event, met with a team at IBM, and that ended up leading to one of the largest partnerships in Shutterstock's history. Uh, but on the flip side, kind of saw that, uh, you know, companies often struggled with determining the best events to go to and who to send. And so we realized that there was a pretty large opportunity, which led to us creating Vendelux. And in that journey, did you also organize your own events? Some, somewhat I did. Yeah. I mean, we would have a lot of satellite events around larger, larger conferences, but I'm definitely not an events insider, right? I didn't, I didn't work at an event tech company for, you know, years or decades or anything like that. So I, I think our approach to events and how we think about the value of events and how to drive, plan, measure uh, around events is, is almost from an outsider's perspective, somebody coming in with more of a, even a sales hat on or a general manager's hat on. And so, uh, you know, to the extent that we've planned small events around larger conferences, that's something that we've done, but I've never planned, uh, you know, 10,000 person event or anything like that. Hopefully one day with, when Vendelix gets a little bit bigger. Okay. And so before we get into Vendelix and what it is and how it works, how do you explain to people that aren't in the industry or sort of, you know, know anything about events and that, what it is that sort of events do and, and, and what Vendelux, the, the role that Vendelux plays in all of that? Yeah, the elevator pitch would be we help companies figure out the best events to attend and sponsor based on who's going to be there. Uh, but kind of at its core, right, I think everybody understands the value of connections, the value of relationships, whether that's in their personal lives or in their professional lives. Uh, they don't have to be in sales or in marketing to, to see that. You know, everybody has kind of mentors and mentees and, and, and such. And so uh, really helping people understand that relationships are at the core of pretty much every type of interaction that happens, both professionally and personally. And our platform is here to help foster more connectivity, help build uh, and manage and strengthen those relationships. Okay. So tell me how it came about. I mean, I understand the premise. You want to kind of give people information so that they can figure out which events they should be going to, which events they should be sponsoring. How did this, you know, what was the embryo idea that sort of resulted in, in sort of creating a product around this? Yep. So we were building this brand new business unit within Shutterstock, grew that to about 30 million in ARR from essentially nothing over a four year period. And we found that, you know, events were the best way for us to uh, drive that growth, right? So it was, it was the number one marketing channel for us when it worked well, right? And it was sort of a high risk, high reward proposition for us. So we would go to great events. We would drive tons of value. I mentioned the IBM uh, partnership. We also went to the AI summit in London back in 2019, uh, met OpenAI there, ended up doing one of the largest deals in, in Shutterstock's history. So we saw all these positive data points. We also on the flip side saw a lot of kind of negative data points. So three years in a row, the company at the mothership level was trying to answer a basic question. Should we go back to the Can Lions event in Can France? And of course, every sales rep wants an all expenses paid trip to the south of France. So you would just have hours and hours of internal meetings, C-level executives, VPs, cross-functional teams, all trying to answer this basic question. 
should we go back to this event or not? And at the 11th hour, three years in a row, we would decide to go back. Everything was 10 times as expensive. And the first question when we got back from the show was from the CFO saying, how did we do? And nobody really knew. And so we looked at that and said, okay, you know, events are for B2B companies, events are anywhere from 24 to 40% of marketers' budgets. And yet there's no platform to help these marketers make data-driven decisions. There's a lot of platforms that help marketers plan events, right? But nothing to really make those data-driven decisions. And so we knew that we could help companies, you know, drive more value, uh, figure out the right events to attend, who to send from their company, and ultimately how to drive and measure ROI. And so that's why we decided to build Vendelux. Okay, well, tell me how it works. Like, I guess maybe the product now, but also the core product when it started, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really all about understanding almost at the top of the funnel, right? Understanding the landscape of events. And so we built a massive data set, 65 million data points across 160,000 events, speakers, sponsors, often attendee level data, uh, you know, locations, venues, and, and so on. And so and our just customers- to, Just to check, where does this data yeah. come from? Is this like scraped data from the internet? Do you have, uh, I mean, if what you can say about it, right? Yeah, it, it's everywhere that we possibly can get information. So if it's publicly available, we'll go out and get it. We're monitoring social media. Uh, we're getting first party information from our customers. We're now starting to work more and more directly with the event organizers, and we can kind of get into that side of it uh, later on. But, you know, very similar to a Zoom info approach or a Clearbit approach where we're, we're building this data set from a number of different places, standardizing, uh, you know, cleaning the data and then ultimately offering that as the base of the platform, right? We don't want to sell data or provide data. We want to provide insight. So how do we use that as a base to help us make the right recommendations so that marketers can end up at the right events and with the right level of investment, the right people and so on. Okay. So you have all this data and you present it. So you're not selling the data itself. You're just using the data to kind of indicate which events are worth going to and is this sort of in a per case by case basis so the company will sort of input some data so that you can then say which events will be better for them so so sort of you you figure out what, what what's a good match in that sense exactly exactly so you know uh, the events are are every, every event is going to be different right based on uh you know what what a marketer cares about so um essentially to your point, we need to know who you as a customer care about. So that could be people, that could be companies, that could be personas. And once we understand the world of people and companies that you care about, we can overlay that on top of this, you know, data set around events. And it's really that overlap in the middle that matters. So if we can help companies determine, you know, it's not just determining the best events, it's how do I reach out to the right people in advance? How do I book meetings in advance, uh, you know, you could go to an amazing conference, but if the uh, a person that could be worth, you know, a $10 million a customer relationship with you, if you don't meet with them, if they don't come to your booth, then it's kind of like ships passing in the night, right? So it's not just about being at the right event, it's meeting with the right people at those events. It's having uh, an actionable touch point that can lead to a business outcome that matters. Okay. Can you take me through an example, just, you know, without naming names, just say, you know, company type that wants to do X and then kind of uses the system and then what are they going to get and how that, how that's going to be benefit them? 
Yeah, of course. I'm happy to give you a, a real example. So uh, we work with uh, Delivery Solutions, which is a subsidiary of UPS. Uh, we worked with them on Shop Talk, and you know, because they were using the Vendelux platform, they were able to book 75 incremental meetings at Shop Talk. So they already knew that they were going to go to Shop Talk. Uh, they wanted to maximize the value at Shop Talk, and so through our platform, we were able to highlight you know 75 people that they were able to meet with that were in their ideal customer profile or were in their CRM. Uh, because we were able to facilitate those meetings in advance, they didn't just go in knowing that a stakeholder was going to be at this event. They were able to set up over 16 cross-functional roundtables where they invited several different people from a company. Sometimes those people didn't even know that their colleagues were going to be at Shop Talk, right? So they got them all in a room. They were able to be very prepared around content they knew which competitor they were using, what their pain points were. And so those touch points at the event were incredibly actionable. Now, it generally takes anywhere from six to 18 months to see the true value from a conference, but they're already projecting over $2 million in incremental revenue from this one event. And we work with them on dozens of events. You can see how it scales up very quickly, right? Avoid conferences where it doesn't seem like there's going to be strong impact. Double down on the ones where you will see impact prepare by booking the right meetings in advance, which will then ultimately lead to more revenue or if it's an existing customer, better retention, better growth, things like that. Great example. Um, you, do you have access to the attendee list or how do you sort of know who's going to be there? Yeah. So uh, oftentimes we do get access to the attendee list, whether that's from the organizer directly or not. Uh, and our goal is to have as much information as possible. Now, you know, we are a GDPR compliant platform. And so we're not going to always have every single person, but the goal is, you know, kind of both sides, whether you're on the organizer side or on the marketer side, everybody wants the same thing, which is to drive as much value, create as much value at an event. Everyone's going for one moment in time, you have everyone's attention, right? And so any, any kind of opportunity to create a meeting and a, a positive touch point is valuable for both sides. And so, but there's a concern when you share data. Organizers don't want to share, you know, they don't want to share a full attendee list. They don't have control over that. Uh, a marketer might not want to share their, their whole CRM with an organizer, right? There's concerns there. And so we can sit in the middle. We are sitting in the middle and making sure that we're only sharing or only kind of looking at that overlap analysis to help both sides. So for example, if you're UPS, you don't need to know the 10,000 people that are going to be at Shop Talk. That doesn't matter to you. You know, the only thing that you care about are the 100 or the 300 or 500 people that are a match for you, that are in your CRM or in your ideal customer profile. And so there's ways that we can kind of take in data from both sides, anonymize, aggregate, and provide insights back to both sides so that we're sharing information in an effective way uh, without kind of, you know, in a privacy compliant way as well. So are you kind of a, like a, a third party, like a safe third party in a sense? So the people, different sources can share data and then you're not, that data is not going to leak anywhere, but you're going to offer insights to both sides. Yep. That's definitely part of the platform. Right. Okay. And with any two-sided marketplace, right. It takes time to build up those network effects and those relationships on both sides. And so, you know, we're, we're still in process there, but if I look back, you know, a year ago where we were versus now we've made incredible progress on both sides of the marketplace. Okay, super interesting. What about, you know, 
it's a lot of the events that I go to, you know, that you know that there's going to be some really high end buyers there, or there's some really high end clients that everybody wants to meet. How do you deal with that? Because I can imagine the more efficient, you know, the system is the more matches that person's going to get. And if they match, if they're a great match for everybody, they're going to be very overwhelmed. So how do you kind of manage that? Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great question. I mean, it's not, it's not something that we're necessarily managing today. I, I I've seen different approaches, right, from conference organizers, uh, you know, offering paid meetings for for the highest, uh, you know, value folks. But ultimately, those those stakeholders have limited time, and so they need to make decisions about where they're going to go. And so, the more information that they can have ahead of time, and the more information that the marketers who are seeking those stakeholders can have ahead of time, the more efficient that process can be. So if everybody has perfect data, that in-demand stakeholder that you mentioned can, you know, go to the perfect calendar for them. And that's ultimately, you know, what you want for both sides. If somebody is seeking that person and they don't have a strong enough offering, then they need to improve that offering. So we can't, we can't create additional time at the event for that stakeholder. They can only do so much with a day. So trying to create as much efficiency as possible so that they you know, have the best experience is, is, you know, part of what we're doing. And then it just kind of gets to like where, where we want to go longer term, but you know, there's a world where that stakeholder that you mentioned, the in-demand stakeholder is supposed to go to a dinner and for whatever reason that dinner cancels or somebody is out and that might create a window of time where today that stakeholder says, okay, well, there's nothing to do here. And, and that ends up being a wasted opportunity. Part of what we want to do is then be able to, to, push somebody new into that that time slot so to say hey maybe there's a waiting list or this you know this kind of co-pilot matchmaker is waiting in the wing so that as soon as there's any kind of opportunity to add another person to your cmo roundtable or you know invite someone to your vip happy hour that you can fill that slot almost instantaneously using the intelligence platform that, that and the, the algorithms that power vendelux super interesting you you are you doing the matchmaking? I mean, are you offering people calendars and all that kind of thing, or is that something you leave to the organizers? Not yet. So we're we're very much pre-event today. So we have this world of events. We'll look at your who you care about. We'll make recommendations about where you should be, who should be there, and then we want we we, we you know our our customers are using that information to then book meetings to then measure ROI. Uh, and so that's where we're going, right? Nobody kind of takes a, a list of potential people that they should meet with and then ends there. There's uh, a much larger user journey that that happens. And so we're moving down funnel or, or downstream to help facilitate more of those interactions. So of course, you know, if, uh, if I was trying to meet with you at a conference and I saw your name, you're in my CRM, the next step is I'm going to email you or I'm going to reach out on LinkedIn or I'm going to look for a warm introduction. And so helping to facilitate more of that will also help us uh, and essentially help our clients measure more of the actions that are happening. You know, an event, as you know, right, it's very analog. There's a lot of activity that's going on. You're meeting people, uh, you know, it's pandemonium amongst 10,000 people, 100,000 people. And so the more that, that customers, the more that marketers can measure those touch points in real time, the better you can kind of facilitate the actual measurement of ROI. So long-winded answer to your your question, but essentially we we do want to go there. We do want to help because 
the top of the funnel is helpful to understand what kind of event qualified leads you can generate at an event. But that's only part of the story, right? Where we really need to get to is revenue, uh, return on investment. That's the holy grail for both for both marketers and for organizers. Yeah, because you say that you're pre-event, which I think is a very fair way of thinking about it. But, you know, it's also a lot about the ROI, right? So you're trying to give this like long-term ROI. So you're pre-event, but it's also about measuring a lot of the post-event stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Our, our customers are using us for actions during the event and, and post-event, and we're very focused on that post-event outcome. Uh, but there's a lot more that we can do as a platform to help make it easier for marketers to drive those results and measure those results. And so that's a lot of, you know, what we're building towards over the next, call it two to five years. Okay. Well, let's talk about those two to five years. I know you just got a nice round of funding. So congratulations. Um, you. you also mentioned a little bit about kind of working more with planners and, and being sort of more involved with the event. What, what are you thinking here? Yeah. So, uh, oh, we're thinking a lot. So with the existing, uh, the existing product, kind of the pre-event product, there's tons of opportunity for expansion. So we're opening an office in London. Uh, you know, we have global coverage on events, but uh, we definitely want to have a, a larger footprint overseas as well. Uh, we're also building more of that product journey that, that we talked about. So, you know, if you think about it at an event level, so let's take, you know, AWS reInvent that just happened. There's sort of the pre-event planning, there's during event, you know, on the ground, uh, and then there's the post-event measurement that happens in that six to 18 month period where you're, where you're measuring the ROI. If you zoom out, there's also almost like a 40 month period. So if you think about pr planning, there's a planning cycle happening now looking at, you know, 2024 event planning. There's a year of events right across 2024. And then there's that up to 18 month period afterwards where you're still measuring that ROI. So it's a 40 month end to end roughly period of time. And we can help across that end to end journey. So looking at all of the events in your calendar, you've got a million dollars to spend or $5 million to spend. What events are you hosting? What events are you sponsoring or exhibiting at? What events are you attending? Uh, you know, how, how are leads coming in? And so really across that entire journey, we want to help marketers make more data driven decisions. Um, and so, you know, kind of building the modules that will help uh, that, that end to end. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. You mentioned, I think, in your press release, you're working with event planners as well. What's kind of your your pitch to event planners? How do you see them working with you? Yeah, so I, I, on the organizer side, um, yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. The underlying data that we have and the insights that we have are really powerful for event organizers, event, event planners as well. And so when we work with organizers today, one of the biggest things that we're doing is helping with audience build out and sponsor build out. So we have a specific customer who is planning a brand new event. 
they have 24 events that they've highlighted as competitive events, and we have really strong data on about 20 of those 24 events. And so it turns out that we can help them understand the world of potential attendees, the world of potential speakers, and the world of potential sponsors or exhibitors based on the actions that those people and companies have taken in the past. So anyone could look up on you know, LinkedIn Sales Navigator or Apollo, find me a lead list of CTOs. But the missing component is where have those people actually been? If somebody's been to an event in the last year, they are three times as likely to go to an event in the next 12 months. And so being able to overlay and see the picture of what events people have been to is incredibly valuable in crafting the story of a new event or even you know, for an existing event is you always want to make sure that the right people are there, the right companies are there. Uh, and so, you know, for example, if you know one of our customers, the feedback previously before working with us is that there were a lot of sellers at the event and almost no buyers at the event. And so the sellers were not happy because there was this mismatch in the ecosystem. It wasn't a balanced ecosystem at the event. And so we can help by understanding these dynamics and seeing who's going to be there, we can, um, we can kind of help organizers. I guess one final thing I'll say is that what we've heard is that about over 50% of event attendees don't sign up for shows until two weeks before the event happens. And, and that seems to be getting worse, right? It used to be two months and it was one month. Now it's two weeks. And so even the organizers don't necessarily know who's going to be at the show. So there's kind of this mismatch between when marketers at brands have to make decisions nine to 12 months in advance about sponsorship, about exhibiting, compared to when attendees sign up. We have a predictive algorithm that will look at a number of different factors to predict what types of personas and people are going to be at shows even before they sign up. And so that's incredibly valuable to marketers as they make those decisions nine to 12 months in advance, but also to event organizers as they try to think about who are the types of people that could be at their event. Okay, so you're seeing this for kind of trade show organizers, maybe like come approaching an industry coming in and having a concept of the show, they could come to you and say, you know, who 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 are our competitors? Who's sponsoring these events? Can you kind of narrow it down for us and kind of help them do that kind of research? Yeah, it could be at the trade show level all the way down to a small event uh, as well. And I mean, the we 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 talk about it as a two-sided marketplace with you know organizers so think the you know the massive trade shows on one side and then marketers at brands at another side but if you think about a company like salesforce they they do both right they they throw their own large shows they throw small shows they attend and sponsor a, lo a lot of events so there's you know for almost any enterprise company that we uh, could work with or do work with they tick multiple boxes and we can help across, you know, kind of end to end, no matter w whether they're hosting the event or sponsoring or attending. Okay. You mentioned AI on your, on your website quite a number of times, where does the AI come in and, and kind of where does it help? Yeah. So when I think about AI companies, there's sort of two buckets, right? There are companies that saw this AI hype wave and said, Oh, we're going to, we're going to be an AI company and that's going to help us to raise money and, and, you know, they're trying to create something based on AI. And that's not what we're doing. You know, we've been working on this problem for a long time. Uh, focus. So the second bucket is really where you're leveraging AI to help you solve a problem. So in our case, we wanted to maximize the value, help customers maximize the value at events. 
we leverage AI to make that happen. So we have, you know, these 65 million data points across 160,000 events. And often, you know, not always, but oftentimes the best way for us to be able to crunch that information and make actionable recommendations is, is through AI. So I'll give you a specific example. We have a persona builder or an ideal customer profile builder. So you might say, oh, I sell to, um, you know, VPs of growth at supply chain companies between 100 and 1,000 employees. Well, the reality when you look at titles for people, uh, you know, it's not, it's not cut and dry. There's VP of growth, but you might also like SVP of growth. You might like chief growth officer or head of growth and product. And so there's all these other titles, uh, you know, head, head of marketing that have some kind of a, a correlation score to the titles that you care about. And so we're using AI to look at similarity scores amongst all of the different variations of titles that we have to make it really easy for customers to put in basic information and then have that spit out uh, an ever-evolving profile of people that could be related even if they don't have that title. We could build complicated taxonomies that are very manual in nature and would need to be updated on almost a daily basis uh, without AI, but instead AI is doing a lot of the heavy lifting to uh, do that for us on the fly. Are there situations where AI gets it wrong? Like you're saying somebody's going to be at an event and they're not actually there, or you know, does this kind of system kind of open up for more of those kind of errors? Yeah, I mean, I think in that example, there are people that will buy a ticket and then they don't show up for for whatever reason, right? They get sick or uh, their their plans change. So, to me, it's really about how you present the data. If you have an idea, a prediction that somebody might be at an event and you you know, kind of put a stake in the ground and say, this person is definitely going to be there, then that's very different than if you say, hey, uh, based on our model, it seems like this person may be there, right? And so a lot of it is how do you present this information in a way where uh, marketers, uh, event organizers can make the decision for themselves. Everyone has a slightly different profile in terms of, you know, whether it's a risk profile or, or a, an approach. And so we don't want to make those decisions for our customers or our users, we want to present the data in an actionable way so that they can make that decision. They can choose to you know, go left or go right based on what the algorithms are saying. Makes sense. What about um, data privacy, you know, cookies going away essentially next year at some point? How do you see that impacting you? Does it impact you or, or you know, does it not impact you and you actually see it benefiting you in some way? I, I think all of these are tailwinds for the events industry in general, right? Every other marketing channel is is struggling right now. Uh, you know, from a performance marketing perspective, it's harder now to uh, have, you know, accurate targeting uh, based on some of the changes that you mentioned. I would say the SDR playbook, right? I mean, people are getting overloaded in their inbox and even a traditional roadshow. You know, I used to be able to go to live in New York. I would go to the West Coast, uh, you know, in San Francisco. And in the course of two days, the stakeholders at, you know, Meta and Google and Microsoft and Apple and everybody wanted to bring you to their campus and, and have you meet people. And now a lot of people are working remotely or, you know, they've moved away from, from the Bay Area in this example. And so we see events as now a lightning rod as one of the best ways to meet your customers, meet your prospects, even to meet your team members, right? We hear about uh, many companies that are organizing 
their offsites around an event. We're going to do this uh, in, in January around the NRF event, have everybody come into to New York. Uh, and so, you know, we look at all of these trends as tailwinds for uh, the event space in general, because it's harder now more than ever to meet people in person and events are the best way to make that happen. But any these kind of changes that are coming up, they don't affect the, the platform in any kind of negative way. No, no. I mean, data data privacy is something that is has been important for some time, and and uh, you know will continue to be important, right? And so, uh, you know, making sure that that uh, you know you're making this information available in a GDP, GDPR compliant way is something that's critical and will remain critical. Makes sense. So. Best case scenario, let's say five years from now, how do you see this impacting the industry? If you know, if the people that you think should be using it are using it, yeah, I think you know, right now, events to me feel similar to print advertising in the '90s. You know, you know that fifty percent of your spend is working, you just don't know which fifty percent, and so you you'd be hard pressed to find a CMO that you know will will say, oh, events are not effective. But it's really hard to to quantify that impact. And so, you know, as a CMO, events are just one tool in your toolkit. You have to look at your budget across all of these other channels. And then as a CFO, you have to look at marketing as one line item amongst amongst many. And so, you know, what we really want to drive to is the results around events. Because our view is that events are far and away the most effective channel, you know, if you want to look at it from a cost per lead perspective, revenue generation, uh, net revenue retention, right? Any of the metrics that matter, our view is that events are far and away the best way to drive the metrics that matter for a company, but it's so difficult to measure. It's, it's one of the last marketing channels that's, that's analog. And so for ads, the solution was to go digital. And I think we've seen over the last several years that you know, in the event space, the the answer wasn't necessarily to go digital, especially if you're trying to drive that that connectivity. Digital can be great for amplifying a message to millions of people, but if you're really trying to drive those those core uh, KPIs, then then it's all about in-person events. And so, you know, our goal is that we can make it a lot easier to uh, kind of draw that line from. Uh, you know, these, these actions that are happening at an event to the impact, the ROI, the revenue, and that will start to cascade and, and create this, this wave. And, and look, people have been trying to do this for a long time. And I don't think I'm saying anything unique here in that we should try to get to revenue. Uh, I think though, that given the changes in technology, we are an opportunity now for the first time to really be able to hone in on that. And my prediction is that once CMOs and CFOs and CEOs actually realize the impact that they're getting from events, they are going to double down. They're going to triple down. And this is going to create an entire new category of marketer at, at these companies because they're going to realize that the more that they pour into marketing in an effect, not marketing, the more they pour into events in an effective way, the more impact they're going to see. And how do you think, so you mentioned this kind of new role, so you're saying a new marketer focused on events. How do you see that being different from what there is today? Is it just a, a quantity thing or is there, is there, do you think they're going to change the way they do stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at 
the I look at what Gainsight has done as as kind of a blueprint. So, um, you know, b- before Gainsight, there was a role for account management, and it was looked at largely as you know kind of a cost center, not a strategic role. And then Gainsight came along and essentially said, "This is all backwards." You know, once once you complete the sale, there should be five, ten, fifteen years of a relationship that's built and grown. And so account management shouldn't be this, you know, this cost center. This should now be customer success. This is something that will, and, and, and they kind of coined this net revenue retention metric that many companies are now uh, focused on, right, as, as a core a core metric. And so, you know, if I look at my revenue base from a year ago, how much of that has grown? How have we been able to deliver more for our customers? And customer success is now viewed as a profit center, as a strategic uh, you know, kind of role with a seat at the table. And I think in a similar fashion, when many people think about event marketers today, they think about party planners. Uh, event marketers are, you know, they're on the hook for for everything. If it goes perfectly, then it's a thankless job. If something goes wrong, then they're on the hook. If there's no tie to revenue, they get all the blame from the CFO. So at, at Vendelux, we talk about event marketers as the unsung heroes of organizations. They are you know, making magic happen, moving mountains, and yet they're not having a seat at the table. They don't get credit for it. And so for for us, we we want to kind of shine a light on this and say, hey, no, this is not the case. Event marketers are strategic. They're, they, they should have a seat at the table. And, you know, personally, I want the best path to CMO to be from the event marketing uh, world. So, so more to come on, you know, is, is it a new marketer and, and what does that mean? But I think that I think it's more about a perception within the organization than, than anything else and being able to tie the results that are already there to, you know, the, the, this event marketer to get the credit and also to shine a light, being able to use the you know, intelligence to make more data driven decisions. Uh, so, someone had an interesting way of framing this of, around you know, an event only if you do an annual event, it happens once a year. So your opportunity to make changes to A/B test to try things out, you have such a slow evolution cycle because you you really can only do it once a year. And so, if you can use a platform like Vendelux to make smarter decisions and evolve that thinking, you know, more quickly, then that will also help you get to value even faster. So that's part of what we want to help with. You, you paint a really rosy picture of kind of people valuing uh, events more, which I don't disagree with. Um, but I also see a sort of flip side to that where the saturation of events, I think there's a lot of parts of the industry people already say there's too many events, right? There are too many events out there. How do you see that playing out, right? It, are, are some events just not going to survive because we need to streamline or, or, or is there room for kind of more and more events? I don't know. I mean, I think I think that budgets when when spend is effective, then you know budgets will increase, and we're seeing many of our customers are doubling or tripling their their budgets. So I think it's a matter of you know making sure that the events that are out there are are creating value. I mean, if if an event is can't can't draw that line to value, then it's hard to justify the the existence, and so. You know, I'm sure there's an upper bound on the number of events. People can't just be 
out at conferences or out at events uh, every night, every week. So there, there's certainly an upper bound, but I do think that events are going to continue to be more and more important as this kind of moment in time. I mean, people are so distracted today on their phones. I'm based in New York and you just, you know, you walk to the office and just people are heads down in, the, in their phones the whole time. So having attention, right. This kind of, this, I don't even know what the right word is. I mean, at an event, it's, 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 it's magical. It's in the air. There's just, people are open to creating new relationships, having interesting conversations that they never would have over a zoom or over or certainly over email. And so that magic is going to become more and more important and, and rarer and rarer. So I think events are just going to continue to be more important because that magic is important and it's harder. It'll be continue to get harder as attention spans. Uh, there's, there's more distractions uh, out there. Yeah. It makes total sense. So bit of a bit of a fun question, but but humor me if you if you will. Um, if you could, it it sounds like a lot of the success or the future success of of Endlux depends on some form of behavior change. And so I have this question, which is, if you had a magic wand and you could kind of change something, if you could kind of instantly make people change their behavior in some way, is there something that you would choose uh, in the way that you're you're kind of seeing the future or that you think people should behave to make this really work? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think for, for events in general, if I had a magic wand, I, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the different categories. If you ask 10 people what an event is, you get 10 different answers. And it's very, very broad. I mean, a wedding is an event, a concert is an event, a CMO roundtable is an event. And so at a very high level, the, there's a, a branding issue in the sense that, I mean, even if you talk to an engineer, what is an event? They might not even think about a physical gathering where people go. They might think about an event that triggers in their code. So it's really hard to have a conversation about events. And, and we've used different words throughout this, right? Event planner versus organizer and conference trade show. And so I think the more that we can have a shared language around, you know, what, what these different things are these different gatherings the the better will be because i know for us we're very focused on building connectivity building relationships helping you know helping people meet in person to accomplish a, a goal and you know whether it was talking to investors or talking to customers or cfos or you name it there's almost a a tax that happens today because you have to spend a solid 10 15 minutes up front clarifying and making it very clear you know what are you talking about and are we are you a, a wedding planner platform do you help people you know kind of do registration or are you something different so you know my goal is that we can we can come up with with a shared language there that that will help um, that's not a behavior hit change for people but more of kind of a meta meta trend I, I agree. I think it's a, a very valid, it's something we talk about a lot. And uh, yeah, even in, in when I ask people what, what they tell their family and friends, what they do for a living, a lot of times it comes down to language, right? Using the words that people can kind of have a picture of in their minds. I think that helps a lot. So what about kind of um, attracting talent? You're obviously expanding. You want to attract talent in different parts of the world, which I think is exciting. 
Um, but what what would you say to kind of younger people that are that are thinking about this industry? How are we going to attract the right talent into these this industry and kind of retain that talent? I think a lot of it is about having that connection to to value. So you know, ambitious, smart people they want to they want to solve hard problems and they want to learn and they want to grow. And so making that case very clear about how, you know, what are those hard challenges and how do you tie that value back to growth as, you know, if you're sitting in the CFO seat or the CEO seat and you're looking at, you know, somebody and, and kind of the role that they're playing, a lot of what you want to understand is, you know, how, how much value are, are they generating? And of course, there's lots of intangibles that matter. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to say the culture doesn't matter. Those things are, are sort of, uh, you know, they're required in order to, to to grow. But if you're thinking about showing in addition to that, how you are helping a company or helping an event move forward, then, you know, it's really all about drawing that line to value. So how, can, how do you show that you, with you in the seat, we were able to generate more revenue. We were able to save costs. We were able to decrease risk. Those are generally the three major drivers of value uh, for, for, for a company. And so the more that we can tie that uh, from what happens at an event, because again, our view is that events are the best way to create that revenue and that, and that value story. But a lot of it gets lost in multi-touch attribution. It gets lost in the fact that leads go into some Salesforce campaign, but then aren't actually actioned. It, it, it gets lost in so many different ways that the, the truth is, is just, shrouded and the more that we can demystify that and show no you're in events you're at the beating heart of marketing you're at the beating heart of creating value in all these different areas across industries across verticals that's what's going to make you know some, someone's eyes light up and that's what's, what's going to make somebody say okay i need to be here because i'm here this is this is how i'm going to excel I think that's an excellent message for anybody looking to be part of events or interact with events in some way. So thanks for that. Um, Alex, if people thank you feel for... that way, uh, you know, hit me up. We've got plenty of roles that are uh, open. We're looking to double the size of the company. So shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sounds good. Sounds good. There's a lot of companies struggling, so it's, it's good to hear of, of your success. So I wish you lots of success there. Um, wanted to get a recommendation for somebody else to be on the podcast it's one question we ask all our guests it can be absolutely anybody that you think would be interesting um, or interested in in talking with us and um expanding our view of of what events are and, and the events industry so i don't know if you have anybody in mind but we'd love to get a, a recommendation from you well i thought you might ask me and uh so i was all prepared to say daphne from the vendry but i believe you you had her uh on on the podcast already so uh I think, uh, you know, another person that comes to mind is Jay Weintraub, who uh, runs Connective Events. Uh, he's somebody who I've had a lot of conversations with around, you know, generating this connectivity. Uh, it's in the name of his company, right? But uh, from, from he's looking at it from the organizer side. So whereas I didn't come in from, you know, an event organizer, event planner background, I'm thinking about it from the brand's perspective. He's someone who I think thinks about, this similar problem, solving similar challenges, but from the organizer or planner side of things. And I've seen some of the ways in which he's, he's enabled this for exhibitors and sponsors and, and really he's on kind of the, the cutting edge of, of thinking about that. So 
um, you know, would, would recommend having him on and, and asking him how he sees that value for, for exhibitors and what he's doing, how he's leveraging technology to make that happen. Love it. Thanks for that. I think that's a great recommendation. We'll, uh, we'll connect the dots there and, and hopefully have him on the show. Alex, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being with us today. Hope the listeners enjoyed our conversation as much as I did and uh, wishing you lots of success for the uh, future of Analux. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. 